Hey, Jason. How you doing, buddy? We're both here for the intro. I know. The two of us are here for once. It was, it was it's like it's been nice. a while. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Well, man, we have a great show today, too. For So, so it's, we, it needs both of us to be here. Yeah, it does. It, 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 it's a boundless show of uh, of joy and uh, very. I feel very energized. We've done the interview. Now we're recording the, the intro. Uh, we've spoken to Jennifer O'Sullivan from Wellington, New Zealand. Uh, she yeah. is the director of the New Zealand Improv Festival, NZIF, uh, and a wonderful improviser and person uh, who has just had a tiny little baby who the you will baby. hear the during the podcast. You'll hear little gurgles and bubbles. And I think that's her first, uh, for our podcast at least, breastfeeding on the podcast. First, yeah, but not definitely not going to be the last. I don't think it'll be the last. Uh, and also, I just uh, as you were saying all that intro there, I just wiped a little tear that was still left in my eye from the yeah. end of that episode. So when you're listening, you're going to get to the end, and you're going to be like, "What is it that made Dave tear up a little?" And you'll find it. It's just a, it's a it's a foreshadowing or a spoiler. I'm not sure. What that uh, so we hope you enjoy the conversation as much as we have. Uh, and uh, here she is, the wonderful Jennifer O'Sullivan. Jennifer, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good. Jennifer O'Sullivan, meet Dave Morris. Hello, Dave Morris. How lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you, too. I've read all about you. So I feel like I'm. What did you read? I read everything I could find about you. Some very, like, really mean spirited. No, I'm joking. Um, I read, I dug up your website and took a oh, yeah. around to see, you know, hear, hear, nice. find out where, where, you, where you've been, what your, what your uh, projects what that you're to. working on and stuff like that. And I thought some of them were pretty sweet, so I'm probably going to ask you about them as we go on. But anyway, uh, very right. nice to meet you. Before we where? went to air, yeah. Dave was like, has, has Jen been to San Francisco? She does a lot of work with bats. And I'm like, it's not Bay Area Theatre Sports, it's Bats the Theatre in Wellington. <laughs> It stands for uh, Bain and Austin Touring Society. Ah. Uh, was It was a touring theatre that then found a home and is now like this long-running space in Wellington. But, I yeah. love it. But it still has touring in the name. That's yeah. Well, well, it's nobody really knows it as that anymore. Now it's just Bats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bats Theatre. And yeah, I showed. Uh, yeah, I showed my North American bias there. I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> that's right. Have you been to Bats in San Francisco, Jen? Have you done no, I've, been, I've never been to San Francisco. I've, I've, um, Lisa Rowland came to New Zealand a while ago. Yes, and so I've done. I've done a little bit with her. It's she been a while since that is happened. She's oh, wonderful. wonderful! Yeah, so wonderful. Um, we should we should chat with Lisa at some point too. Um, she's, she's, just, yeah. she's great. Yep, she's on the list. Yeah, she's on yeah. the list. I'm typing her right now. Massive- <laughs> you have an enormous list. We do have an enormous list because pretty much when we talk to people, including yourself, it just spawns a, a bunch of other people. We're like, oh yeah, we should talk to that person too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. It's, and you are in New Zealand. Yes, I'm in Wellington, New Zealand. Mm-hmm. I am uh, currently sitting underneath a baby. He's making lovely little noises behind me. Oh, yeah. Behind me? He's not behind me. He's on he's, top of me. He's on you. He's on me. That's where babies hang out. This is my life now. Uh, it's lovely here. This, it's a sunny day, um, and we're not in lockdown. So, you know, yeah. life is pretty wonderful here. Uh, we are extremely hashtag blessed. Yeah. All our North oh. American listeners are so jealous of you right now. I, yeah. I bet they are. But to be honest, like, I, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. The the first lockdown, because we did have lockdown. It just it was, you know, April through to May, June, whenever it was. 
it was actually incredible practice for having a baby mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, everything stopped and I couldn't go anywhere and everything was very quiet. And now that's basically what I'm doing. And it feels very, I'm like, oh yeah, I've done this. How old can, is Connor now? This. He is two months tomorrow. Two months oh, tomorrow. Happy birthday, buddy. Happy birthday. He's <laughs> already. Oh, he's so gorgeous. <laughs> I just can't take my eyes off him. <laughs> Those I love eyes. babies. Hello. Hello. I'm a very cute baby. Yeah. Uh, this isn't a bit. This, con- it's not a video podcast. <laughs> no, I was going to say, this is great content for the listeners. Don't worry, everybody. There's a really cute baby. He's wearing a bib that has a lion on the face. Oh. It's, it's extremely... It's extremely good quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I'm in Wellington. That's That was the answer to the statement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how, what's it like having, like, the coolest prime minister? It's pretty delightful. She's got um, she's she's got a lot of goodwill from all the work that they did to keep us COVID safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's probably why they smashed it at the election recently. Yeah, because she only just um, got elected the first time and, and of course, the, she got smashed. Yeah. yeah, she killed it in the re-election. Politically, politically wise, the first time they don't, they did not get a majority, and then they managed to put together a coalition, which was like, oh shit, we, I really thought we were going to have national, but we got Labour, and then this time they got like fifty percent of the vote, so they couldn't rule, rule, rule govern, rule, govern, yeah, rule. <laughs> she's officially the queen, and um, she's in charge outright. But yeah, Labour is in charge outright. But everyone's. Uh, it is still, you know, she's she's unpopular for other reasons. Like she keeps ruling out really useful policies. Right. Like she keeps being like, oh, no, I'm definitely not going to do that. And we're like, why? Right. That would be really good. Mm. Why so don't like, you do something about housing prices? Why don't you do something about welfare? I still uh, dine out on the fact that she came to a show one time and I <gasps> and I performed for her. What show? <laughs> During a festival. I'm pretty sure that oh my God. she came to visit the festival one time when she was a local oh politician. And, oh, my um, goodness. And that's yeah. spectacular. <laughs> and, I, and, I have a similar. Oh, you go. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So, uh, said festival is a festival that Jen organizes um, or has been organizing for a decade and a half. Decade? I, I have been involved since 2009. It started in 2008, mm-hmm. but I took over running it in 2012. So, I have run the last. What's that? 2013 uh, through to eight eight festivals I have been in charge of basically. Yeah, and uh, so. so we're talking about the uh, New Zealand Im- International Improv Festival, which is uh, it's uh, not international, but I like that you put that in there. Oh, look, it's it's very international <laughs> for me most times. It's just not in the title, is all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. NZAF, the New Zealand Improv Festival. We run it um, every sort of September, October, mostly October. Um, and this year was the eighth one, and uh, it was a very different affair this year because usually we can run an event that uh, heaps of Australians can come to, and we always get like a handful of even further afield mm-hmm. um, improvises, international ones. And this year it was just Kiwis. If you were in New Zealand already, then you could come to the festival. And what was it um, like? It looked delightful, and we were all very jealous from being I want elsewhere. to tell you. I know. I want to tell you how it was like, what it was like, but I actually delivered Connor on the night that the first show happened. That's right. So I. (laughs) So it was great. It was great. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was a life changing event for you. It was just amazing. (laughs) 
Yeah, I managed to time it really well where I had a baby due and a festival happening exactly at the same time. So, yeah, I had to hand it all over to my team who did a spectacular job. Yeah. Uh, it was it was actually amazing because not only was it a national festival instead of an international one, we I made the call to make it, like, entirely local, like entirely Wellington performers and actors because in the time that we were, while we were programming it, we ended up having Auckland go back into lockdown. So just mm-hmm. one city in the country went back into lockdown. And I was just like, if we set up a festival where we are dependent on people coming from around the country and we cannot actually guarantee that they're going to be able to travel, that's really risky mm-hmm. um, and kind of an unnecessary amount of stress for everybody involved, you know, like me running it, our teams putting it on, our audience going, we don't actually know if they're definitely going to be on. And for performers being like, we don't know if we're going to be able to fly. We don't know if we're going to be able to afford to fly. So yeah, I just cut it down and said, if you want to, if you want to make it on your own steam and come to Wellington, that's up to you. But if you want to perform in it, you have to be Wellington based because yeah. that's just the safest thing right now. Sure. Um, and it was awesome because what it meant was that we got to sort of sell, uh, showcase a whole lot of performers that maybe wouldn't have got the amount of focus that they would have in a, mm-hmm. in a wider scene. You know, if you've got a, a, a performing base that's made up of people from all around the country and overseas, that's way less sp- spots for locals. Yeah. And so this time we got to have this huge range of shows that were just like some were experimental and some were existing companies being like, yeah, we want to remount this thing. I've, and uh, by all by all accounts, it went really well. So, cool. yay. I've had the joy of uh, seeing the festival grow over many, many years. The first time I was at the festival, it was mainly, I think I was the only international guest there. Um, was that? I, yes. Yeah, and yes. so there was lots of spots for for locals, and the festival felt felt like that very local festival. So it's lovely to hear it that that it had the space to return to that. Mm. And over the years, it's grown and grown, and it's turned into this wonderful like uh, emerging of of skills and uh, and talents and uh, a sharing of of uh, uh, those things. It's just <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been absolutely wonderful. Uh, to really to nice. kind of sit back and watch it grow and be a part of it. I think I've only missed one or two, maybe for very since you started. Things. I think yeah. so. Yeah, um, and I think we we put a lot of effort into as well. Like even though it does have so so many people and so many like so many you know great people coming from overseas and 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 around the country, we still put a lot of effort into making sure that there is kind of equitable stage time and opportunity yep. at the least because we don't really sort of treat anybody like celebrity guests yeah. and we don't like, we don't pay anybody more than we pay anybody else. Like if you're a first time teacher, you're getting the same as like, you know, Jason, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome, Jason. Um, uh, I've never asked for a raise. <laughs> I'm always just, happy to, I'm always just <laughs> happy to be there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I feel like we give a lot more than, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. yes, we pay you money, but we also give you such a lovely experience. Yes, I think. And, that is yeah. true. And like, I wanted to ask you more about that because I run a festival. I've been to lots of festivals. I know things that I like at festivals. I know things I try to do at festivals. But Jason raves about your festival 
Yes. All the time. If you yes. if you keep when you listen through the whole podcast, I think you bring it up every episode. How yeah. great! <laughs> or almost every other episode. Um, how great the festival is. What is it uh, like? What do you do? What do you do that makes it great? Like what? What are your like? If you had like a checklist mm-hmm. of like the top five things to make your festival great, not just make it a festival. So I would great. say uh, some of the big things is the way I run it is very transparent. So. Um, there's a lot of feedbacks. I guess solicit it. I solicit a lot of feedback from participants, mm-hmm. whether that's teachers, volunteers, team, uh, you know, all those, all the people who've been in the festival in any capacity. I get feedback from them on like what worked, what didn't, what did you, what do you think we should keep, what should we change? And each year I've made an effort to keep the stuff that people really liked, change some things that I think need changing, but always give really clear like explanations as to why stuff's changing or why, why things are the way they are. Mm-hmm. And I think that having that amount of, Hey everybody, this is what we're doing and why means that people are super invested in it. And they feel like they, they feel like they know what's going on and that they had a hand in developing it, you know, like, it's very rare that anything's happened that people have gone, Oh, I don't like what happened in the festival this year. And Oh, this, this decision was crappy. I mean, you always get a few comments in the, um, in the survey afterwards, that's like, this thing was terrible. And you're like, you're just a bit of a grumpy pants. I'm going <laughs> to, yeah. I'm going to take your feedback with a grain of salt. I'm sorry about all that feedback, uh, Jen. It's all right, Jason. I always know it's you. Um, <laughs> no, I mean that. So that's one thing is that it's super transparent and really clearly like, Generated, generated from feedback from the community, which I think has developed, uh, which has built a real sense of ownership from people who've come time and again. Um, we work really hard to make, I mean, I think since since 2015, we've had a code of conduct um, which and is, the code yeah. of conduct has grown, like it's, it's developed over that time and it's sort of become very bespoke to what we need it to be. But, you know, in this in this world we live in these days, you have to have, something that says this is how we agree to treat each other and this is what we won't stand for. And mm-hmm. developing that in the years that I've been, you know, writing and crafting, that has been really rewarding and I think has also contributed to the vibe that people have at the festival, which is I know that as a participant I am respected, uh, that I have the right to be respected and to be treated fairly, and that if I have a problem, it's not my problem, it's a problem for the festival to help me with. So you never have anybody being like, oh, man, I had a really shitty time and I just don't think I'm welcome. I mean, maybe there has been someone who has that happened to them, but the conversations I've had with people has been that they feel empowered to to be safe, to be able to go like, oh, that workshop didn't go so well, let's talk about it, or that scene didn't work um, or anything. And it just... I feel like it had a little, they had a few festivals where people were like, oh, we feel like we're walking on eggshells a little bit because you know how people mm. respond in that way when you start going like, hey, everybody, we're not going to be sexist on stage anymore. Um, you can do that at your own performances. When you're at the festival, we don't do sexism. We don't do racism. We don't do homophobia. We don't do any of the isms. Um, and we expect you to act responsibly as performers to make sure that you don't do that. Uh, and if it happens, you know, we'll, talk about it um i'm sorry i've lost my train of thought because i started that's my right. son and, and all no, that's okay <laughs> yeah and all participants uh, uh, having yeah. signed the the thing i mean when you yes. sign up for the uh, <coughs> for the festival you sign up 
to the uh, agreement right away as yeah. part of registering for the festival. So you know what you're in for, you know what's expected of you, and those clear uh, set of, of expectations really do take a lot of the pressure off. I feel yeah. like this... Um, this compared to other festivals around the world where oftentimes other festivals around the world are just small companies come together to do their hour on the stage or whatever and there's this sense mm. of disparateness between, uh, even in the bar afterwards or, or things like that, between different companies and different uh, different people. They all tend to stay together. I find at the New Zealand Improv Festival is regardless because you kind of have signed this and you feel like you can let your guard down a bit, that 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 disappears as well. So even if people are coming with different groups or haven't met uh, other people before or coming even just by themselves, there's this real sense of welcoming when you walk into to BATS or any uh, festival um, event where you can just kind of make eye contact with someone and go, hi, and expect, <laughs> expect it back rather than someone kind of giving you a hi and then looking past you uh, a, a little. So, um, yeah, it's it's really nice to have that that uh, that thing that everyone's agreed to where we know the page, the same page that we're on. Mm. And, and, yeah. yeah. And from an improv standpoint, like I, I think it's a way of short-circuiting the amount of trust you have to build up to be able to perform well with a stranger, you know? Like when you're working in an ensemble, it takes you some time to get comfortable with each other and to be like, what are our boundaries? What are the things we're into and what are the things we're not into? Uh, and when you come together in a festival environment, you have to really like build that trust really quickly or the workshops are going to be quite difficult or the performances are going to be tricky, especially if, you know, you've put together a, a performance that's hello Googler, a performance that is of you know a bunch of people who don't know each other because I'll do that I go hey I want these eight people to be in a show and then they have to meet and do a show and if you've already said okay everybody I've set boundaries for you um that are quite you know the boundaries are the bar is high the boundaries are high uh you can trust that I have established those and if you enforce those boundaries it's not about you doing it you're going hey the festival has said you can't do that Mm-hmm. versus going, hey, I personally have these limits. Um, yeah. And I think that and takes it's... pressure off the trust as well, you know. Like you can go, oh, I can just play. I can literally just play. We, we're all on the same page. Everything I've, is. Yeah, is I find sweet. that. Yeah, I, like I have a code of conduct for my festival as well. So, it's yeah. pretty, sh- it's short, I think, because mm-hmm. it's an invite-only festival. So like I know all the people that are coming mm-hmm. personally. So I know yeah. they're cool, but I still put it in there because I think just that, that simple idea that like we all agreed to this before we came is very important that it was like mm. we said we weren't going to do that and now we're here and if you do it and i say hey you did that thing you can't be like well so it's yeah. like you 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 agreed before you showed up like yeah. let's not make this a yeah. thing and apologize and we'll fix it like we're we're forgiving people uh, and that's the other thing with improvisers. They're, we are great people for the most part. I think improvisers are the best, <laughs> yeah. right, Jason? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're telling the best and humble and everything. Um, <laughs> but but improvisers are really great people, and rarely do they mean to be mean spirited or bad. Yeah, but yeah. they might. They might still do it by accident or because they're careless or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just giving them that reminder up front. I think that's super important. I think that's great that you did that. And, and why? And, uh, yeah. 
by extension, having been through it, I, I find that the trust that comes on the stage springs from the workshops, Jen. So having mm. that strict code of conduct where you're in three, four-hour workshops where that kind of behaviour can creep in a little bit more because people aren't on their show toes, I guess, or things, oh, they might be experimenting or or going places. Yeah, their uh, brain's or, just elsewhere, so they're not thinking about that. Yeah, they're being pushed out of their, their comfort zone, so, so that kind of thing. So having that in the workshops... Uh, is really good uh, to uh, both as a teacher and as a participant to go. Oh, my uh, my impulse here is to go there. I can't. I don't want to. I shouldn't. I'm going to go this way now, and that builds trust amongst the general populace of the festival, which then transfers to stage, social situations, mm. and and everyone's general feeling of the festival. Which is why I think that anyone who's attended an NZIF, particularly in the last five six years, um, is in. Love with it and we'll be back you know presently um uh yeah. for 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 that reason it's pretty wonderful how much people love being there like yeah. it's so nice <laughs> okay well that was number two reason what what's that? number three reason what's the number three to oh, another festival reason so great what um, makes your festival I've, so great i've got another thing that would be i think the way we I say we, it's mostly me, but um, <laughs> I do have a team now. The first one I organized was entirely me, and wow, that was a dumb move. Uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, now I, I have like that. a team yeah. of people. In it. Get a team, Dave. Dave, I know, get I a know. team. I know. <laughs> get I know. a team. Uh, but, yeah, the, the other thing is I think the way we program the festival is quite great for making it a fun time because – we, for a while, I think when the festival started, it was just companies bringing a work, like you were saying, you know, like a group brings a show and they sort of hang out amongst themselves. Or in this case, it was like the first time that New Zealand companies had properly sort of interacted. That was why the festival started. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, I, and, and then the, the little, little, in the last few years, we sort of changed it to more of a, um, most of the shows were sort of ensemble shows made up of people at the festival rather than cast beforehand yep. uh so so as an example last year's lineup which is more representative than this year's last year's lineup we had uh maybe 10 days of shows and the performances included uh two shows of high school students who did a couple of days workshops we had some opening and closing shows which i cast from across the festival and like the first show i'll make it sort of like people who are uh kind of the more celebrity i was i say celebrity it's not really what i mean um the, the sort of standout no, performance. No, notable, notable. People with notable. notoriety. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Notable or people who are particularly directing a show later, et cetera. Old uh, people. And it, old, old people. people. Yeah. Old people. <laughs> and then the closing show, I try to cast people that throughout the festival, we've all sort of gone like, oh, my gosh, look at that person. Yeah. Have you? Oh, my God. Let's put them on stage. Oh my, They're amazing. Um, and then we have work that is a director, say, for example, Jason Gary says, I've got this show idea, I want to do a workshop and then cast it and then perform it. So that's cast specifically from a workshop. And then we had um, a show that we called the All In All Out Improv Bout, which was a maestro. (laughs) But I didn't have the license when I had to title the show. So I made up a new name for it. Uh, And that is an entirely all in event. So if you're at the festival, you can be in that show. Everybody can be in it. Everybody gets a go. And then we had a final on the closing night. Um, and last year we also had some shows that were a company bringing a work, but they weren't, they were one of, you know, four or five options that we offered across the the time rather than the main guts of the festival. And I think the work where you have 
you know, you get taught a format and then you get to perform it or you create a format and get to perform it. Those opportunities are where we get to see, you know, Jason Gary performing with uh, this random improviser from Auckland who's at the festival for their first time, but everyone is like, oh, my God, who is this person? We love them. Uh, and they get to go, oh, my God, I performed with these, like, amazing improvisers that I've seen before or I haven't seen before, but having played with them, I'm like, oh, my God, they're incredible. And it kind of brings the play of everybody up. You know, everybody rises to this occasion of I, I get to do this. I get to be at a festival and I get to have a fun time with these people. And nobody has seen this show before, but we made it up today and it's amazing. And the work that comes out is always just so enjoyable and to perform and to watch. Like it's consistently some of the best improv across the year, I think, for Wellington. Um, yeah, which we is, talk- I, yeah, I don't yeah. think it's, I don't think that's a slight on any of the companies here. I think it's just that it's bringing, it's bringing such a different spark that, uh, yeah, you, you know, it's the spark of this combination of people and this audience and wow, look at that. It's a festival. It's a celebration of exactly. improv. So of course, everyone brings their their best to it. Yeah, they do. Yeah, we we talk a lot about festivals on the show <laughs> and how much we love them, love them and hate them at the same time, depending on the festival. But uh, yeah. but we're huge fans of ensemble festivals. I think. I mean, I am. Yeah. Jason, you, you like the ensemble? Festivals. Yeah, I love uh, ensemble festivals. Are my favorite ones where you you come, you form an ensemble, and that ensemble gets to work together for the for the festival. Um, mm-hmm. uh, which is nice. The the uh, NZOF feels that way, but it feels that way with the entire group of people that are there, mm-hmm. um, yes. which which is a, a, a nice thing. Now, of course, uh, Jen is a, an amazing uh, festival organizer, but before that, she's an amazing improviser. <laughs> Full stop. What? Wait, that's you're a good. Wait, you're a good improviser and a good organizer. That doesn't go. That doesn't happen. That's not supposed Look, to happen. It's not supposed to happen, but somehow it happened. Amazing. You know what it is? I became a producer because someone had to organize the shows I wanted to be in. Yeah, that's basically it. I, oh, okay. I I think I follow that same trajectory. You know? yep. Yeah, I have these shows I want to make. I guess I have to make them. I'm not going to yeah. ask somebody to make them for me. Yeah, exactly. And plus, I have venue. Exp- I used to be front of house manager at Bats, and I've run fringe venues and stuff like that. So I've got all this sort of random experience that I'm like, oh, this is all setting me up to. Yeah, I've got a lot of knowledge about this stuff. I can. Yeah, mm-hmm. great. I've so when you're coming up, bugs. when you're coming up with a show idea, I got, I'm just, mm-hmm. uh, curious. I like picking improvisers' yeah. brains. Yeah. Uh, do you know where the inspiration comes from, or do you just like forget oh. where it comes from, or do you have a process to like? How do you come up with a new show idea or format or game or well, whatever, whatever, whatever you want to call it? Probably, it's probably useful for me to tell you about a show that I run that I created a few years ago, which is called the Late Night Knife Fight which I really like the name. It makes me really happy. Me too. I read about it. I was like, that's a good oh, yeah. name for a show. It's a good great name. name. So that one, the na- I think the name might have come first. I had an <laughs> idea for a show. And it actually was a different show. I had this idea for a show. I had this group of people that I was like, hey, I want to do a show with you. Let's call it The Late Night Knife Fight. And it was actually partly inspired by The Big Hoo-Ha. Because mm-hmm. um, I just loved that their thing was every week it's a competition, but the teams are picked on the night and it's just – you know, the audience gets to enjoy the competition and it's not about rooting for teams as such as it is about rooting for improv, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what I was sort of inspired by when I came up with the title originally. And then it sort of lay dormant for a few years and then I came up with this new concept, which is very similar to a cage match where 
You have three teams who perform 10 to 12 minutes of improv each, and it can be anything they like, any idea, any kind of improv, uh, within the bounds of my own personal code of conduct, which is, you know, as, yeah, that's in there as well. Don't, and be, then, a, don't be an don't, asshole. No. Don't be an <laughs> asshole. Don't, don't be rude to anybody. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, so you do your 10 to 12 minutes, and then the audience votes with knives, um, they get handed a knife when they walk in and then they put their knife in a bucket as to which team they like best. And then that team, Wait, is it, is it a re- it's not a real knife? Like, it's it's a like plastic a, knife, like, okay. like a disposable <laughs> knife. I Yeah, you get handed knives. Like, um, uh, New Zealand's tough. I didn't know <laughs> tough you want to take a knife, thing. you throw it at the performer you don't like and that's how they get it. I wanted, I wanted the voting to be that you threw your knife at the team that you liked, but it turns out that plastic knives are super not aerodynamic. Uh, when we tested it and you throw them, they just go everywhere. So that was a terrible idea. I thought you were going to um, say, they can still hurt people. <laughs> you should upgrade to real knives, throwing knives. I Come know. on. Mm. I'll, I'll get on that. I'll definitely get on that. Anyway, you get your knife, you vote for the team, and whoever wins comes back the next month and gets to do the half-hour headline spot. And the expectation is that you've expanded your 10 to 12-minute bit into a 30-minute spot. Like, you don't do a different thing. You're working mm. the same concept. So we've run that for four years now, since 2016, middle 2016, we started that. And um, the goal was basically it provides space for people to come up with new concepts and to test them in a pretty safe and safe space. You know, it's a competition environment. It might not work and that's fine um, because hopefully one of the other two teams, it will work. And then there'll be a headline act and the headline act is something that's been developed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So they get to test that the idea. The other thing we offer is coaching. So when you win, you get a two-hour coaching session to expand your piece nice. to a thirty-minute. <coughs> Excuse me, and then you perform it, and it's been this space where people have come up with all sorts of crazy things, and some of those things have gone on to be hour-long shows that they've taken and toured themselves around, and some of them are solos, and some of them are duos. We, I, I limit the number of people in the team to three sometimes four because people just approach me with four mm-hmm. but that's because the theater we perform in uh can have 50 people in it full stop um hello our children are waving at each other this is delightful <laughs> hello you want to say hi milo hi hi milo <laughs> um train of thought um oh no where was i up to I got distracted by children. Uh, so are you talking about numbers of people in teams? Oh, yeah. You can only fit 50 people in the room. Not right. the, like the room can only have 50 people. So yeah, there's, yeah. Max, there's, there's all these constraints. And so we've had people that have done um, a telenovela and we've had people who've done uh, silent improv, uh, just, you know, just silent. Uh, Lyndon Hood, did, did you just spit at me? You did. <laughs> you just literally went, um, <laughs> Lyndon Hood did this one where he spent the entire 12 minutes trying to get the audience to say once upon a time, but without telling him them that that's what he wanted them to say. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So did that clowning. become a full, did that become a full hour? Did that become Tragically a full hour it show? didn't, but I did love it very much. <laughs> yeah. That's what's kind of exciting. The things that excite me are not always the things that excite that audience. You know, you know, you say to them, Hey, which one do you like the best? And they'll be like, I like the one that was the funniest. And yep. you're like, great. Wasn't necessarily the best improv, but, mm-hmm. <coughs> but you know, that's what you enjoyed. And so that's what we're going with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's been all sorts of amazing formats. And I think 
making that space is like means that I've come up with lots of random ideas recently. Sometimes it comes from uh, who do I want to play with and then what kind of thing do, do I want to do with that person? Mm-hmm. So I have a nice. duo with my friend Christine Brooks, another wonderful improviser. Wonderful. And our premise is that it's a character-based improv. improv. Hello. It's character-based improv. We are elderly sisters called Peregrine and Patchouli. And <laughs> we used to be famous. And we asked the audience why we were famous. And then we perform the scene where we are old women reminiscing about our life as famous uh, skydivers. <laughs> or in, our, in the second one we did, we were murderers. <laughs> famous famous murderers. murderers. Yes, exactly. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, that was a character-based thing that I wanted to do with her. Um, other con- times I have a concept and then I find the person that I want to do it with. Hmm. Um, yeah, so that's that aspect of it hello are you hungry again (laughs) yeah you might be um um the other i mean i i also come up with show concepts independent of like as like a hello yes i know as a producer (laughs) and in both instances it's more like um give me one second i'm just gonna get him (laughs) totally no 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 you do you do it. Uh, I, also, by the way, I added Christine Brooks to our list there, Jason. Great. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. List Abs- absolutely. Of people that Jen mentions. I'm just building. <laughs> yeah. I have such a good list of Kiwis for you. And who yeah. was the person that was trying to get the audience to say once upon a time? <laughs> Lyndon. Oh, Lyndon. Lyndon Hood is wonderful. Yeah. He's I love great. Lyndon. Okay. So, okay. yeah. So I come up with show concepts through Late Night Knife Fight, but I also come up with shows like as a producer, you know, like. <laughs> And as a director and going like, what what ensemble thing do I want to see? What idea do I want to come up with? Um, I run a, a show that has been yearly for like six years now called The Soap Factory. Uh, no, I take it back. <laughs> a com- an ensemble called Soap Factory and we do improvised soap operas. Mm-hmm. Um, and our next one, I'm not directing because of this guy, but mm. um, our next one is called Hatai Times and it is a soap opera based in Hatai, which is a suburb of Wellington, uh, set in the 70s. And it's about a news, a news agency, like um, a newspaper. Yep. And so that has been, knowing that we're doing a soap opera, the concept, the, the part where we're coming up with concepts is like, what, where do we want to set it? What's the setting we want to do? Um, I'm very, uh, I'm aware that I'm all over the place, but I'm sure you're following my <laughs> rambling. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so like coming up with settings and going, what environment do we want to play in? Where's, what, what sort of, theme is really rich in characters and really great costumes that will lend to characters. Um, Cause I think that when you're coming up with a show concept, it's really easy to get really excited by the improv, the, the high level improv concept. I think you were talking about this in the, in the podcast that I just listened to that you guys did with, I want to say Tony, Tony. Mm-hmm. To- yeah, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. Tony Beeman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tony yeah. Beeman. There you go. Um, you can get really excited about the improv concept and not think about how you're going to connect it with an audience. Mm-hmm. You know, like why, why would an audience come and watch this? What's going to excite them about coming to watch your show? I mean, the easiest thing to pull people into is uh, an improvised existing um, text, you know, like improvised, okay. an improvised whodunit, an improvised mm-hmm. CSI, mm-hmm. an improvised uh, soap opera. <laughs> and I think the reason that that's the easiest thing to sell to an audience is because they already know what the experience is. Mm-hmm. You've just promised it to them in a new format. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I I remember struggling with that a lot trying to sell improv shows when I first started out producing things. Like mm. we're doing a herald and audiences are like, What's that? And I'm like, Nobody knows. And they're like, <laughs> um, Why would uh, we come to your show? What's gonna happen? Who knows? Anything can happen. I'm good. I'm gonna watch TV. Yeah. Uh whereas the, uh, and we do a lot of genre now, so so now it's easy to be like, We're doing an improvised Agatha Christie, and they go, Ooh, yeah. and they know exactly what that means. And then they'll yes. come see it. Uh, so finding that sell, and I think that's another reason competition sells so well in improv because Absolutely. the audience understands the idea of two people fighting or competing for yeah. for for a trophy. So they'll come and watch that happen. But when you're trying to just sell like a f- uh, <laughs> what do you, what what is it? It's a show. Yeah, what's We're, it about? We don't know what it's going to yeah. be. What's it about? Whatever you want it to be about. <laughs> yes. Okay. Or at least whatever that one person who gave the suggestion wants it to be about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's tricky. And I think that's possibly a strength of late night knife fight is that it kind of delivers that potentially high concept improv in a competition format. Yeah. <laughs> so the audience knows that they're going to get to watch some weird stuff and they get to vote and decide which one they like the best. And the improvisers get to go, Okay, so we've got this idea. I'm not going to talk. I'm going to stand backwards on stage the whole time mm-hmm. or or whatever it is. You know, usually it's not quite that um, obscure or difficult to <laughs> give me such good smiles, um, <laughs> that difficult to access. But, um, you know, we have that space. We had some people do improvised like Beckett, sort of inspired by Beckett, and it was this very abstract yes. scene that became that they were cake toppers existential cake toppers <laughs> and the audience was like wrapped by it and really engaged they didn't vote for them to win but while they were like i think that was because they still had their audiences had that brain of like which one did i enjoy the most enjoy being laughter in those sort of instances but watching them watch that show i was like you guys are super engaged in this and you don't realize how how much you're in, how much yeah. you're enjoying it? Yeah, Paper Street, uh, which is my company here in Victoria. Oh, yeah. We've done we've done Beckett a couple times because it's awesome. one of my favorite shows to do. Uh, we did one a Christmas one called Waiting for Christmas uh, <laughs> instead of Waiting for Godot. Christmas, God, Christ, you get it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and we didn't take any suggestions. We just walked out and started and didn't tell amazing. the audience anything about it. And it was the most amazing show we've ever done. It was one of my favorite shows we ever did. And every audience left going, that was incredible. And most people didn't even realize we were improvising most of it because they That's couldn't fantastic. tell. Uh, and uh, and it's one of those things like this is this is where, where I try to get to that risk-taking point you're talking about. Because I think that's so important having a space where mm. the improvisers can try things mm-hmm. is what yes. I do with my, I, I do it with my season though. So we do a season of shows and I try to do like one show that's like, this is for the audience. This yeah. is an improvised Wes Anderson. You're going to love it. Come check mm-hmm. it out. Uh, and then I make sure I do one show that's for the improvisers. That's challenging us and exciting. And then one show that's, you know, it's whatever it needs to be. Uh, yeah. And I find it works because the audience has learned to trust us and they'll come with us on those risks. Great. Because they know we're also going to give them the things they like as well. So they'll, they'll, they yeah. sort of like we've built this relationship with them, which it sounds like Night Fight you have going. The audience will come and we, they trust so. that whatever you're putting up there is something that's worth watching. Yeah. I mean, it also helps that each month we have three different teams who all get to tell their friends that they're on stage. Yeah. Um, which is just, you know, new networks every month. 
I mean, when you are the producer and you're thinking about the bottom line, you do have to think about that. Like, where is the audience? Why are they going to come? Why should they give you money? Like, it's so weird because I think there's people who feel feel like that aspect of making theatre and making art is like kind of soulless and like, oh, you're not really focused on the craft. And you're like, if you're doing theatre, the audience is actually really important. Otherwise, you're just doing laughing. Yeah. Um, and you can you don't you don't need an audience if you don't care about what they're getting out of what you're making. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have you uh, there's a story about spoken word poetry in uh, or slam poetry in yeah. North America when it got started. The reason uh, the reason they started scoring the poems was because this one poet in New York was yeah. tired of poets doing these really pretentious Ooh. poems that were just for them. So he went and handed uh, scorecards out to the audience and got them to score the poets so that they had to learn to be accountable to the audience. Like, I should be doing this for the audience, too. Me, yes, but them, too. And so that's where it sort of started. And now it's become like all competition things where people just try and win. But the the foundation of it was that that what you're talking about, that it's not a soulless thing to think, why would the audience want to come to this? Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You should make something that speaks to yourself, but if it's only speaking to yourself, then then you're just read a diary. Just write and a diary. is that exactly is that the process you go through, Jen? Do you do you have things that are in the only speaking to yourself draw, or do you try to adapt it past <laughs> that? I think I have. I have got ideas that I've gone like, oh, that's a great idea, and then I'm like, I don't know how to give that to an audience. Like, yeah. I don't know why an audience would want to see that. Um, if I can think of a good angle for it, I think, I don't know. I think this is where like my dual skill set as producer and performer slash director, um, kind of butt up against each other because I can't think of, I can't direct a show without thinking about how to sell it. Yep. (laughs) And I can't sell shows without thinking about how they're being directed. (laughs) (laughs) I have strong opinions on how people make work. And if I'm involved as a producer, I'm probably going to end up being creative as well. Do you allow yourself the space to explore those ideas that end up in that drawer? Or do they like, do you just go, I'm going to workshop this, see if I can break the back of it. Or or, it's interesting. I, Okay, so a few years ago I did a master's, mm-hmm. uh, a master of fine arts in creative practice, and I was able to create an improv show at the end for my final project. And, um, you know, I got to experiment and try out a thing in a you know, university space and test out ideas and stuff, and we came up with this concept, and it ended up, it ended up breaking me a little bit <laughs> because here I am with this opportunity to not worry about how to sell it and not worry about how it comes across and everything. And the show just didn't quite work as much as I wanted it to, or it didn't, it didn't find its feet. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit, it was sort of supposed to be built on memories. You know, the audience gives you a memory and you uh, tell the story of that memory and then like interpret it with some metaphors and, and sort of explore why it is that that memory is I keep hitting on the head with my head <laughs> um, we're having baby uh, headbutts going on baby on headbutts wiggle 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 <laughs> wiggle wiggly baby um, you know I, I exploring with metaphors and, and like sort of delving into why these sort of why the why the things that people share st- stayed with them and I think there was various reasons that it didn't quite fly the way I wanted it to but um, I haven't since then. I haven't really had the space or the 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 drive to 
to try again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, you know, I, th- I mean, I've had so much other things going on yeah. and, you know, the world has become the way it is. Uh, but yeah, I, and I, I guess the other thing as well is that because I'm someone who creates the space for other people to do it, I don't often hold the space for myself. Um, you know, for example, the improv festival, I have, have all these opportunities for people to direct concept shows and, and cast a group of people and put it on. But I don't often, I don't give myself one of those spots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's partly because I feel like it would be, oh, how, how do you describe it? Uh, I don't want it to be the festival of Jen, you know, I don't want to be like, Hey everybody, here's my show. I mean, I do direct the, I host the uh, the closing show, but that's a little bit different. You know, it's not, I I host it so that other people can be in it and so that we can celebrate the festival. Not so Mm -hmm. I can be like, Hey everybody, I've come up with this show and I want you to watch my, my, my vanity project. Um, But I, I, um, I, I, a rebuttal to that, which is Please, actually, yes. which is actually something someone said to me at the NZIF a few years ago, which really mm-hmm. uh, shook me a bit, is that I was trying to uh, stand back a little bit to allow space for yeah. other other people as well uh, in a similar vein, uh, and and oh, I was yeah. told, uh, and on the final night, I, I mentioned to someone that you know they said, oh, we haven't seen you on stage or whatever for." Uh, as much or, or, or this time round, and I said, well, I, I was trying to make a bit of space and and mm-hmm. and um, allow that kind of stuff to happen to take that back. Uh, and then that person said to me, well, that robs other people the opportunity of working with you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and that's that by by doing that by taking that step back, you're actually rem- removing the benefits of other people having the chance to. To, to, play to play with you and work with your ideas um, yeah. and to, to grow from that as well, which shook me a little bit because I thought I was doing the nice thing. And <laughs> and, and then no, I was like, like, no, Jason, the no, world needs you. No, yeah, well, but but that's that's what I'd say to you in this case. Like yeah. I'd love oh. to do a Gen, a Gen-directed show in the NZIF and I don't think anyone would sit back and point a finger and go, oh, my God, what a vain vanity project, you know. I think – to to allow yourself that space is not only allowing yourself that, but it's allowing everyone else who gets to experience that workshop and that show the chance to grow and and um and and absorb stuff uh, from from a great improviser. So uh, I'd well, love that is very kind of you, <laughs> and I feel very nice. <laughs> I one hundred percent. I one hundred percent agree. Yeah. When I do my festival now, I uh, I direct a show and I invite people that I want to work with <laughs> and get to work. And I work with those people now. That's what I do. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's, so it's, it's like, I, well, you know, I, I've, I, I've seen enough people who've stopped enjoying improv yeah. because they're doing all the hard work of improv without the joyful part of improv. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't want that to happen to me. So I keep, good, I, good, I force good. myself to do it. Yeah. Even though, cause I feel that pull to like, I just, I'm making space for other people, but it mm. just, yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. in regards to maestros and stuff like that. I was going, you know, people saying, are you going to play? And I'm like, oh, I just, I was leaving spots open and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and I'm then, like, no, get in there. Yeah. Get in there, play, because <laughs> then people get to play with you. And I was like, I, mm. I didn't, I didn't even see that side of it. You know, I was like, yeah. uh, I, I thought I was, I was being kind doing the other stuff. And then it, it really shook, shook my perspective a little bit. I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. I saw. <laughs> It is now about, I think, nine years since I met you, Jason, and it was the first 
the the Improvention 2011 that I went to. Mm-hmm. And I still remember, because um, I met you and I met Rick and re-met Catherine. Yep. And, so, you know, all these wonderful people. And I, the, I got to do um, the Shakespeare show that I think Jenny Lovell directed. And I ended up doing this scene with Rick Brown. Where Rick. he was, yeah, Rick Brown is one friend of the show. Friend, friend of the show, show Rick, Rick Brown. Brown. Yeah. Um, he, we did this, we did a Shakespearean scene where he was a duke and I was the duke's manservant, but I was secretly a woman and secretly in love with him. And the whole scene was me trying to tell him and him just increasingly being, being Rick, Rick, um, <laughs> being Shakespeare Rick, and like. I just remember being like, oh my God, I'm doing a scene with this guy that I just, oh my God, I've never been here. Oh my God. And like, like what a mind blowing experience it was to be like, I'm on, I'm on this 200, the stage at this 200 seat theater with this guy. Oh my God. So I definitely, I feel like you, you will have given that feeling to people when you did the maestros, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so nice. So, uh, yeah, I'd love, I'd love to one be in a gen format and, uh, yeah. and and see it happen at a format so uh, at a yeah. festival so don't don't limit yourself festival 2021 yeah we'll, we'll do I, that. We'll I would do love that. I would love to see it I'd love to you've see given it. me permission and that means I have to do it so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Con- mean, Connor says yes Connor agrees Connor wants his mama to do some directing yeah <laughs> and some performing yeah, you'll be at the festival next year, and it'll be your birthday. <laughs> the festival will always be your birthday. Gosh, that's that's so weird. I have uh, a festival and a baby uh, this year. Um, the yeah, other, I was I, I so really, when when oh, my yeah? son was when my wife was pregnant, it was leading up to the Seattle Improv Festival <gasps> that I love to go to every year, and I was like, oh no, it's gonna hit the festival, and I'm gonna be the worst dad ever for because <laughs> I'm gonna be gone for every birthday. But then uh, held out, he held out and didn't come Good uh, dur- job, during the festival. And we kept cra- we kept counting down like, oh, is he going to land on Father's Day? Oh no, no, he's going to land on first day of uh, of spring or whatever. Uh, like we're like looking for all these different things, and then yeah. he landed on Paper Street Theater's birthday, the birthday of my company. <laughs> That's beautiful. Which was just like, like the how, yeah, like how what 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 are the chances? It's like Connor arriving on opening night at Bats. Like, uh, yeah. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Good job, you might, baby. You might just have to move the festival a week every year just so that, that you is, can still have a birthday. I'm fine with that. That's fine. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm the boss of it. I can move it. <laughs> yeah, move uh, I, it. I did, what was I going to say? No, it's gone. Never mind. I what other questions do you have for me? I have a question for you, and it may be <laughs> yeah. very far from your brain at the moment given everything that's going right. on, but what yeah. are you hoping for in your improv practice, your improv practice, not organizing stuff for other people, but your improv practice over the next next yeah. two years or so? I know you have a very little baby and improv practice is probably yeah. not well, a thing, but... I have been thinking about... Well, I mean, like, driving... I listened to your podcast yesterday while I was driving... And Connor was sleeping in the back seat, and I was thinking about what I want to do this year. And I feel like having a child, and you know, being very responsible for them, um, <laughs> means um, <coughs> excuse me, having a child means that my priorities are going to like become laser focused. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm going to be like, cool. What am I working on? Is it worth it? Great. Is it not worth it? I'm just going to say no. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, Which is good anyway as an artist. You should so, have that kind so, of focus. But. <laughs> absolutely. But I feel like, you know, when you're someone who says yes a lot, it's quite difficult to then be like, oh, actually, I need to say no to way more things. Yeah. If I have this every couple of years. I suddenly go, oh, that's right. I need to say no to things. So there's actually space for the things I want to say yes to. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But like right now, the things that I'm excited about working towards are uh, probably teaching, to be honest, working working back into getting teaching. Um, the company that runs Late Night Knife Fight is this, uh, it's a very new company that I set up in 2019 called Locomotive. And its goal was to explicitly be a teaching company, not to be a ensemble that people aspire to join, but to be a group that goes, hello, we are a group of amazing improvisers who can teach. And our goal is to teach you to be the best improviser you can be and to give you enough wider context of improv that you can decide what kind of improv you want to do. Not so that we go, you should be an improviser just like us and doing things exactly our way. Um, and we were gearing out to, you know, start doing some beginner courses and everything. And then, you know, 2020 happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and that really put a bit of a damper on things. And then as well as that, I had a baby this year. So, you know, I have not been planning things, but I would really like to, when I am getting back into working again, is to be going, what courses can we offer? What can our training be and, and really get us going as a coaching and teaching company because uh and sort of link that into our late night knife fight um aspect as well because we have this you know space that people could perform but it's really nice to be able to offer workshops to make sure that we're supporting them to be the best improvisers they can be um as well so i'm thinking about teaching and i'm thinking about um the other show that we do which is called one act play which is our ensemble's opportunity to play but you know how it is you've got people that you say hey we're really good teachers and you have to sort of show them that you're a good improviser to, yeah. so that you can go look we can improvise you should ask us to teach you um so we have this little um show called one act play that happens before late night night fight on the same night um and we just perform a play we just go hey audience we're going to give you a single narrative play and we just do a play Beautiful. and i would really love to start exploring that some more and like i'm i'm curious about investigating New Zealand, New Zealand playwright styles, like to see if we can sort of ex perform in, in the style of, you know, so and so and so, um, <clears throat> to to try and respond to to existing. I may be biased, there. but I love that approach. I think that's a oh, great approach. That's that's one you. of my Wonderful. main approaches too. Yeah, <laughs> Wonderful. yeah, we to, want to try that. Yeah, yeah, to all our listeners, I mean, right there, all in your answer, Jen, is the mm. reason why I love you as an improviser. You're so generous. What's that? Oh, you're so <laughs> you're so generous. Oh. You're so uh, you you really care about uh, bringing other people up uh, with you, uh, and uh, and it's always a joy to be around and uh, and and frankly benefit from the results of of that that spirit. You know, it's it's always so wonderful, and so wonderful. Uh, and that's that's why it, it's uh, we really wanted to have you on the show because yeah. I think people listening to this can really benefit uh, from from the way that. You you operate as as a, a, a nice shining example because yeah it's uh yeah you can blush all you want i don't care i'm gonna I'm say blushing it. Heaps. I'm, I'm gonna say it. i'm gonna say it. i love you for it it's oh, great you're, you're you're a lovely friend but a, a wonderful improviser and you care about the work and the people doing it which is mm -hmm. uh which is uh, you know just already like such a big couple of steps up the ladder to most yeah. people who uh, care about themselves <laughs> doing the, yeah. the work, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And he says this even when you're not around. He's <laughs> always <laughs> telling me everything. Jan, you love her. You got to say hi. You gotta <laughs> uh, yeah. But we are, I guess, getting to near the end here. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And yeah. uh, we know you have a two-month-old, so we don't want to keep you too long. That's very reasonable. Uh, but, Do you have any uh, last-minute questions that you need yeah, to answer? So we, yeah, so we usually end with a question uh, that I'm going to ask you. But uh, I want to squeeze in an extra one here. So try yeah, to right, answer go. both of these. I'm going to throw them in okay. one. The first one is just simply where where, where do you get inspiration other than improv to make improv shows. Like I know like Everywhere. Tony Beeman loves talking about that this tennis book that he loves about tennis and how he um, learned about improv through tennis. Is there anywhere else that you like do you have other projects you work on that inspire you or keep you creative outside I, of improv? I I feel like oh, any kind of story that I enjoy. So like if it's a TV program or watching other theater or I used to do pro wrestling, so I really enjoy that. <gasps> I did, your yeah. face just lit up, and that was beautiful. Uh, um, that's awesome. <laughs> it was a while, it was it was a number of years ago. Now there's a New Zealand company called Kiwi Pro Wrestling, and um, uh, my ex boyfriend was a wrestler, and then no, sorry, my boyfriend at the time was a wrestler, and then we broke up. And he asked me after we'd broken up to start doing the show. Um, <laughs> and I became is- part of his his entourage, and we were baddies, and it was really great. Um, but that whole world of wrestling, I find that fascinating. I'd love the, I'd love to do an improvised wrestling show. Yeah. Um, with so my okay, I'm going to tell you my idea for it because I think this would be very, very enjoyable. And you're um, not just telling <laughs> us; just remember, you're telling. No, I know that's okay. Well, look, okay. right now, if the show just exists, I'd be happy. So <laughs> someone, yeah. It's so the idea is you have two casts. You have a cast of improvisers and you have a cast of wrestlers. And there's sort of two worlds of scenes. There's the scenes where there's the wrestling matches taking place. And then there's the scenes backstage where people are talking to each other. But when the improviser walks off stage, they put a mask on. And then <laughs> the next scene, the, the wrestler comes out with the mask on in the same costume, performs the wrestling match. <laughs> and, you know, based on what's happening in the in the, the lives of the characters, that's how they know who wins the match. Nice. Um, and then you go back to you know the rest of the world. So I'm like I'm like I'm sure there's something in there. I'm sure there's you could do that as a, as one of your soaps, like from, from Wicked. <laughs> I know. Wicked. Oh my god! That's like an improvised oh, soap yeah. opera wrestling show. Would be so good. That's like a that's that's like there's an old short form game called Stunt Doubles. That's like, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's like that, but be, yeah. like but properly done, like with actual yeah. wrestlers doing actual the wrestling. stunt doubles. Yes. That is amazing. I think it would be so fun. Yeah. So that's that's an idea I had. Um, why was I talking about pro wrestling? What was place other places in your yeah. life? That oh, you get, yeah. So pro wrestling, yeah. TV, um, books, anything. Yeah, anything that has a story that I think, man, this would make a great way of storytelling on stage. Cool. I think that I don't think there's any limits to what you can, what you can take as inspiration. Like mm-hmm. all of the things. I mean, a lot of the times I like to do sort of. I get a kick out of doing uh, really joyful stuff. So anything that's really happy and fun, I'm I'm into that. Yuck! Ugh. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> Joyful. Yeah, I know. Whoa. I know. Who I'm not a. Do I I don't enjoy watching you know horror, <laughs> super dark things right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I want to watch things that make me happy. Yeah, he's falling asleep. Uh, speaking oh my goodness. Speaking anyway. of which, I uh, I don't think I've recommended this on the podcast, but I watched Ted Lasso the other day. <gasps> All in in one sitting. I could not stop watching it. It's on Apple TV+. Plus. It is amazing. Watch it. It's great. It's on my list. It's on my list. I'm waiting for my concussion to go away, though. I still can't can't watch TV. Jason. so rough. Yeah, Jason Sudeikis, and it it feels improvised like it and i'm sure a lot of the the parts are um but yeah, yeah. it's it's just a wonderful ensemble doing wonderful, wonderful. things and it's joyous joyous i love joyfulness yeah 
that's what I want. I want people to leave shows I make feeling fucking joyful. Yeah. I want I want people I work with to feel joyful about what they're doing, you know? They like, do. They do. I want everybody to feel good. <laughs> and I want you to stay asleep. Good job. Well, I'll be quiet. Yeah, I think you've probably <laughs> just answered this question that we try to end with now, which is mm-hmm. if there was one thing you could give the rest of the world that improvisers have, that one skill or that one uh, thing that we practice or that we learn this, that, that that we live in our improv worlds, mm-hmm. and you can snap your fingers, and the whole world has that thing. What would it yeah. be? What no, would it be? To be able to to be able to find joy. Yeah, yeah, nice. that's that's yeah, that's it. To be Wouldn't able that be to be great. Damn, this is fun. Wouldn't that be great if the whole world was just joyful and happy all the time? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just joyful. And to have a desire for other people to have joy. Yeah. Both yeah. of those. Yeah. Yeah. So not just joy, but spreading of joy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Oh, you I really have are. Christmas. You really are a wonderful person. <laughs> okay. I just want to say that answer is all the reasons Jason loves you. And now I love you just the same. <laughs> Dave, you're my new yeah. friend. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you got me there. You got me there a little bit. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Jen. It is so lovely to talk to you. So lovely to see Connor. And I'm so glad we got some humbles and bumbles from him on the podcast. (laughs) So it will exist forever and ever and ever. And you'll be able to hear his baby sounds amidst our uh, uh, droning tones. Absolutely. It's his first performance outside of my stomach. So Uh, good job, baby. Nice work, Connor. You did it. Thanks for having me, guys. Lovely to meet you, Jen. Yeah, thank you so Sweet, so I'll see you soon. I hope. <laughs> yes, please do. Oh my god! Yay! Uh, um, cool. We'll keep recording, but because uh, um, Dave and I will do a little off. intro. Um, oh yeah, we'll do a little when, intro you're, when you're done. Awesome! Awesome! Oh my god! Cool. We didn't even so talk much, about Jen, how nerdy I want to get about improv. Um, oh yeah, we can get nerdy. Yeah, we can. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I have huge plans to like do some academic critical theory writing about improv. So that's Ooh. a different. A very different side of my improvness, but um, yeah. you don't. We don't need to go into that. Well, I was looking at your ladybirds thing that you have set up, which looked pretty cool. Uh, oh, funny birds! Funny birds, sorry, not ladybirds. Yeah, that's pretty cute. Yeah, yeah. that was pretty. I've cool. been super active right now because not a lot's been going on, but it's been pretty nice. There's like so, two hundred women cool. in that group. It's awesome. That's awesome. That's a great, great thing. Anyway, 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 I'm try and get this boy to go to bed. Um, it looks like you're halfway. Thanks for taking the time, yeah. mate. <laughs> look at his head. Look at yeah, yeah so look at that. He's down for the count. Speaking of wrestling, uh, you could do the one, two, three. He's he's not going to just. Do, uh, I do do that. <laughs> just yeah. so you know, too. Uh, <laughs> just so you know, the the urge to want to go and watch while they sleep to make sure they're okay doesn't go away for a long time. So it's, yeah, okay. yeah. it's na- totally natural. I still want to check on him. I still check mom. on. Oh, okay. Hey, Jen, I, look, I don't know look how what, it's look what my daughter did to me. Oh, I saw it. It's so pretty. It's oh, so good. Man. Oh, man. I'm going to get a wolf tattoo, and it's going to be for Connor. Oh, nice. Because Connor means lover of wolves. Does it? Yeah. Cool. I'm pretty so, excited about that. Are there that lots of... Are there, <laughs> oh, woof. Woof. That's beauty. That's a wolf yeah. from, the, uh, from the end of uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. <gasps> oh. You know, it made me think of the wolf from... Uh, the sword in the stone. Remember that old Disney? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Ooh. that same kind of like like skinny wolf. It's beautiful. Yeah, All right. Fun, fun, fun. Anyway, yes. All right, uh, lovely to meet you, Jen. Take that baby to bed. Mm. I will. I hope baby. you guys get to meet in the flesh at some point. Uh, thanks One day. Thanks for you. taking time, Please. Jen. Please visit. Yeah, I'm going right. to go on a world tour when this pandemic's over. <laughs> I'm just going go, to oh get out of my house. <laughs> love you guys. Okay. Love Bye. You, Bye. See ya. Bye.